Welcome to Yachtpo Live, featuring conversations with top D2C leaders. On September 12th at Yapo's conference destination D2C, Lauren Paddleford, General Manager at Shopify Plus, sat down with Tomer Tagrin of Yapo to share insider tips, industry trends, and much more. I'm super, super excited to talk. I have a bunch of questions, and I know a lot of people have a, lot, a bunch of questions. So we'll start by a few fun facts about Lauren. So you're an American, but you, all of your life, lived in Canada. Yeah, so I was born in California, and uh, when I was three, we moved to Yellowknife. So if anyone is not familiar where Yellowknife is, take, take Anchorage, Alaska, and go north six hours. So we moved from uh, Southern California to Yellowknife in one go, so. I'm sure that was uh, tons of fun. <laughs> uh, okay, so actually, the, the first question I have that I heard the multiple myth about is if you can share a little bit like how Shopify Plus became a thing, right? I heard a few rumors about it. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, how did you start? What was the timing there? Uh, what was the decision? Was it a decision or you just said, let's go? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so if you're not familiar with Shopify, um, Shopify, you know, is a e-commerce platform. So uh, we have lots of startups who start on Shopify. Okay, great. So you start a company. Um, what happens is, is once in a while, some of them became like really successful. And so they, they came along. And so take Jake from Movement. Like Jake's a great example of this. Um, starts on Shopify, starts growing this brand, Movement takes off. Eventually, what, happens, or what happened was they would come to us and say, uh, okay, so this has been great. I started here. This is wonderful. But I'm big now. And so I guess I have to go buy a big software platform. Like I should buy an enterprise software platform. And that was confusing for us because we're like, but what? that doesn't mean anything. Like I don't know what you're saying. Um, and so we realized that there was this perception, but also a need for additional uh, functionality, support, whatever, as you scaled up through complexity. And we weren't providing it, and so our, our you know, quote unquote, most successful customers thought they needed to go and buy the next tier of software. So a, a brief aside, so software, the whole software industry is just this giant myth of tiering. Um, and it's basically so you can charge more money for things. Um, so when you start, you use free stuff, then you get a little bit bigger and you buy uh, small SMB pr products, then you buy bid market products, then you eventually end up uh, in an enterprise application. So we thought this was crazy that people would leave our, our platform because they just thought they outgrew it. And so uh, we decided to start Plus. So five years ago, I started Plus. Um, and it was to allow customers to just keep going. Like this idea of having to replatform because of size made no sense. And so we created Plus and uh, to try and give that runway for our customers to just continue. Um, yeah. And I think. So if I'm looking from a side, I think Plus is currently how many people, by the way? Yeah, so there's just over 50, well, our public number, and I love being publicly traded because you all have public numbers. Um, so our public number is there's 5,300 or more Plus customers uh, in about 80 countries. There is about 600 people that work for Plus uh, worldwide. Um, so it's a pretty big org uh, inside of Shopify, and it represents about 25% of Shopify's global revenue. 
amazing, amazing. And so one of the things that I'm sure you have, you probably have like a, a really interesting point of view, right, to the direct-to-consumer industry as a whole, because you see like 5,300 brands and more, uh, and probably like some of them are the fastest growing, like you mentioned, some of them, as even I know, right, like larger brands that actually moved to Shopify Plus yeah. and haven't started with Shopify. Yeah. So you have like a really interesting point of view. So if you needed to say like where we at point of time, right, a lot of people are trying to say, or oh, what are the biggest challenges or where are we heading? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, to your point, we, we have customers that started on Plus um, or started on Shopify less than a decade ago and are now over a billion dollars in sales on their stores, right? So these are very fast. These are like the fastest growing companies ever um, that are out there building brands. It's such a unique uh, time. Most of the customers come from off-platform now. Only 40% come from Shopify, so the rest come from other places. I think what what I'd say is kind of our perspective here is there was this, there were kind of two moves happening at the same time. One is you had what I've internally just, I describe as the web 1.0s, um, the Warbies and Bonobos and everybody who built their own platforms because when they tried to come out, there wasn't anything to use. And so they had to come out as tech companies and build e-com platforms that could then scale up with their own growth. Um, that was a great strategy because there wasn't anything else. But it meant that they had to spend an enormous amount of effort and money on technology instead of brand, right? Um, or experiences. So then you have the 2.0s, um, which are leveraging things like Shopify. And so the money is going to the brand and not to the platform, right? And so you've had this shift. And as a result, you see a material increase in the speed at which you can scale up. And so we see these really hyper growth companies that are going from zero to hundreds of millions in under 12 months. And uh, it's because you know, there, there is a shift in where people want to spend resources. And so it used to be cool to be a tech company and say, I'm a tech company in, in e-commerce, and so I'm going to build a tech platform. Uh, and now, you know, appropriately, it's like, no, no, I don't want to be a tech company. I want to be a brand. I want to focus on the brand. And so we also see, you know, an interesting, I, I kind of characterize it in three groups. There's kind of three groups of um, DTC retail brands existing in the, in the world. You have the first group, which is the, you know, the new ones, the hyper growth, new, new brands, DTCs. You've had a bunch of them on stage all day long um, who are, they have a value set difference. They, they don't value owning tech, they don't, like, they all, we, they all grew up with Uber and Airbnb, and so it's like they're used to just, like, renting stuff and getting the benefit of it, but not having to own it. Um, they really are hyper-obsessed with their customers and the customer experience and want to just focus on that. They never intended to build a giant empire of humans, right? Like, they wanted to build brands, not massive numbers of humans that work for them, and so they just approach everything with a very different uh, kind of mindset. So the way they approach retail and go to market and marketing is just different. So that's group A. Group B is the legacy. So the traditional retailers, the, the legacy retailers that have been around for a while, they have been wildly successful for hundreds of years. And then like on a dime, the whole world just went boop. Yeah. And now, you know, they're trying to figure out what life is like in a world where consumers drive everything. Um, there's a third group which is the second group who's realized that they're going to have to change a lot of stuff or they're going to die. 
That's probably the nicest way to say it. Um, is that second group is in real trouble because they falsely believe that this is just like a fad. That it's, it's, I've heard this so many times. It's like, we've weathered these storms before and we'll get through this. And I'm like, this isn't a storm, right? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. If you think, that's good, if you think it's a storm, amazing. I'll start shorting your stock. It'll be awesome. Um, I actually did it a few times. Yeah, so... But the third group is, is a section of that second group who's like, all right, we're going to have to change things now, top to bottom, because the world changed on us. And so you have these three groups running in the world right now, and you can watch them operate. And so you, you have these fascinating stories of transformation from old world to new world, these really hyper-growth TTC brands. And they're all kind of in the same spot where it's like, you got to experiment heavily, right? Like, no one knows how shopping works. I don't know. I, like, Consumers are fickle and out of their minds, and so uh, no one knows how shopping works. Um, you got to be really customer obsessed because the customers can have basically any option they want from sitting on a couch. And, you, know, um, you can't spend money on things that aren't brand anymore. It just like you don't have time. No one has time to build platforms. Right? Like it just the cycles are too yeah. fast, um, and so everyone's dealing with this, and so it's kind of reinvention all the time. It's like retail is just like hyper reinventing itself in almost real time. And uh, yeah, it's fascinating to watch. Really interesting. And so I'm curious, can you give me one example that you're super proud of, of a company from like the, the third group that actually made a decision, you know what, let's make the change we understand and actually took like a very brave effort? Uh, sure. I mean, I, so I kind of love this conference because like, I just got to sit here and listen to my own customers. Um, and so uh, Jeff was a great example yeah, of this. Uh, Steve Madden is like realizing this isn't going to work. Like this was very successful for a long time, but if we're going to go forward, we're going to have to do something different. Um, and so it took a lot of heavy lift. And Jeff, you know, is a, is a great guy and he's way too humble and he was way too nice. Yeah. It was a freaking nightmare. Um, like that move was hard and like we yelled at each other at points and like I just it was hard because it's hard it, big legacy businesses moving through and trying to make sure that they don't disrupt their customer experiences like it's a hard thing to do but you have commitment right so they had commitment from Steve um, Jeff like everyone wanted to do this um, and then I guess the, 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 more, the more recent one is we just in Canada we recently launched Staples yeah um, so and so you know, you can imagine like the complexity of a staple sized business moving. Um, so it's the same thing. It was like hard and a grind. But again, from their, their board CEO, everyone down was like, we got to change, right? Like this model has been great and successful and we love it. But like, if we're going to move forward, we got to make some serious changes here. Um, and so, okay. yeah. And if you are like, I don't know, a brand today, small growing or actually a bigger one, like, what would be your top of mind? Where do you think we're going? Like, what are the things to really pay attention to? Um, and one of the things that, I don't know, you see internally, that even in Plus, you guys are extremely top of mind. Yeah. Um, humans love brands, right? Uh, the human experience is a story experience. The only reason humans survive this long is we tell stories to each other that perpetuates knowledge. So we kind of love uh, stories, 
right? and, and as a result, we love brands. And so this is like the best time in the world to be a brand because humans really want brands right now. Like you can see this ebb and flow right, of um, centralization. Right? Let's, let's all shop in the same place. Right? And it goes in and out. And it never survives very long. Right? Because the truth is, is we kind of want to know who we're buying stuff from. We, want, we love underdogs. We love brands. We love stories. Um, and so we gravitate to them over and over again, even when they're, it's counterintuitive. When I could technically get the thing cheaper or faster in this other place, right, I still gravitate towards the story because it's human. It's real. There's emotions there. And so I think what we tell uh, our customers and I think what we see that works and like uh, Away was up here and uh, Jake's up here and Jeff's up here and like the story is the same, is engage the story, right? Engage the brand, engage the human of it. We need more voices in the world, not less, right? Like we can't let the world consolidate into a few shopping choices, right? We're so screwed as a society if that happens. And so we need brands to start telling their stories and um, to engage their communities and really focus on that, right? It's one of the values I think we see really differently between this new group of, of brands being created now and say the legacy retail organizations is they value the customer experience more than they value the money, which is, it sounds like it sounds heretical, like, wait a minute, you gotta make money or else you can't, true, but they're playing longer games, right? Um, and so it's like that value of like, focus on the, cons the, the experience, focus on the brand, tell your story, you know, be careful, like what channels to go to, but like know there's lots of channels, right? Um, is really, you know, the best thing to do when you're at that stage because you need to separate. The way you separate is story, Right? If it's just product, right? there's a million products that sound the same, yeah. right? but you got like, to say it in a way, you got to like, be you right? to the world, um, and, and we need more of that, right? and like, this is the, the many voices thing. It's, like, we just, it's a great time to be a brand because you have all this capability, you have all this technology, you have all this stuff that has reduced the barrier of entry to basically zero, um, and it was, but it's also reduced the failure cost to basically zero. Right? It do, you don't need a massive amount of VC to start something up. You can start it up in your basement and get it going and get customers and play with it before you ever need anything. Yeah. Right? Um, and so I think, you know, our advice is lean into story because that's, that's what matters. And if you talked about consolidation, if you're a brand, what are your thoughts about Amazon? Um, yeah, I mean, so marketplaces are a real thing, uh, you know, and they are really kind of fascinating customer acquisition channels. And so I think our advice to customers is, you know, don't stick your head in the sand and act like they don't exist. They exist. Um, use them, right? Like they're good for certain things and bad for others. So figure out what it's good for you and then use them for that. And so, you know, there, there are various folks on stage that talked about this. It's like, hey, we put, you know, uh, the, the CEO from Thinks was yeah. like, we put yeah, one color on Amazon. It's bait, right? Like it's not, we're selling everything on Amazon. It's we're using Amazon as a customer acquisition channel and then really working hard to migrate them to our own channels. Because all you're doing is renting customers from Amazon, right? You don't own them. You don't have any relationship with them. Like, and so our advice is, hey, that's valuable. 
right? If you can use it as a mechanism to move them onto you, but like, let's not pull punches here. It's like, you do something good, the marketplaces will cannibalize you. Yeah. Um, and so, just know that it's okay. Like, you know, it's they're all just channels and tactics, and uh, figure out what they're good for, and then use them for it. Got it. Got it. So, uh, another question actually. Uh Someone asked me that I thought is super interesting. So, so I think you were able to build one of the most impressive brands in our industry, right? I don't know any brand that's not familiar with Shopify Plus. I'm not, I don't know any tech partner, by the way, that's not familiar. And I'm curious, like, yes, you had like the infrastructure of Shopify. That's great, but like, okay. So apparently we didn't do a good job. I, of I said job. you could sit yeah. under the D. <laughs> 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 uh, so I'm curious, like, what did you learn like personally about building a brand and how different is it in an ecosystem or how different is it in a big company, right? Um, your own learnings from like the plus journey. This is where I think like Shopify was a snowboard store first, right? Like if you, if you know the origin yeah. story of Shopify, it was Toby was trying to sell snowboard, snowboards, couldn't find a platform, built his own. Okay. Um, so our, our story is very much the same story as all of our customers. It's like, we're just trying to solve problems. And so uh, the plus story is, is kind of like that. It's like, you know, like our customers had a problem set. Um, they didn't see themselves in Shopify that way because they were growing past the startup phase. And so we had to engage the story. We had to engage the idea of like, hey, this is what this is, right? So you can keep going. You're still entrepreneurs. Big companies are still entrepreneurs. They're just a version of entrepreneurs. Um, and so I think when I, when I think about, when I, when I spend time talking to our customers, it's so interesting. We almost don't ever talk about e-commerce. We just talk about like how hard it is to build things. Um, and it's like, how do you hire the best people? And like, how do you keep culture going? And you know, all these, and it's like, you realize very quickly that, you know, whether you're a tech company or a DTC brand or like building things is hard, right? Um, and uh, it takes a lot of experimentation, a whole lot of failure, right? Blowing shit up and then trying to put it back together. Um, it's really important to be surrounded by like amazing people. Um, so that you're not alone in this crazy thing that you're trying to do. Um, but it's also like, like exhilarating and fun. So, you know, I, I was very lucky. I, I have bosses who are like, hey, can you just solve this, please? I don't, I don't know how to solve it. Um, just go figure out how to solve it and uh, it, it's going to be great. And so, you know, I, and to be fair, I, and I won't like, I also had, you know, IPO Shopify. Right, so it's like you, you know, I, I, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I was having to fundraise and stuff. No, I, I didn't have to do a lot of the things that like tech startups you've had to do, you know, like DTC brands had to do because, you know, I, I had a, a parent company willing to fund the exercise. Um, but it was very like you didn't need to convince, like out of the gate, it was very clear. Oh no, I had to convince them all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how do you convince Toby of something? After hearing uh, like multiple stories. <laughs> I'm still working on it. Um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, there, I, I've had to go on a, on a mission, both, you know, with Shopify in some respects, but largely with the world to dispel this brutal myth of the enterprise, right? This lie that is being told about like the enterprise, 
Right? I, I, this is the perfect, this is the matrix. Right? Um, so the, the movie matrix. You've had basically five software companies and five consulting firms create a perfect system where once you get big and have money, you believe you have to give it to them because now you're big and complicated. I mean, on one hand, it's amazing. You've got to give them credit. It's like, that is amazing. Right? Like, I don't know how you've managed to convince an entire group of companies this is a true thing, but it's just not a true thing. Like, technology doesn't work this way. It doesn't take two years to implement anything. Right? Like, it, it, like a thousand humans are unrequired for anything. Like, it's just... It, and so, I did, like, also show this to Shopify and then sh been trying to show it to the world. Because, like, our customers come to us and they're like, but we're so big. I mean, we need an enterprise platform. And I'm like, what does this word mean? Right? Like, it's, it's beautiful fiction. Right? Yeah. Um, and so that's been a kind of like a, 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 a constant uh, discussion. Right? It's like, oh, we don't want to be in the enterprise. I'm like, I don't want to be in the enterprise either. I don't, like, you know, we're all on the same page there. Right? So, so uh, you know, because Shopify is very much, we're entrepreneurs. I'm like, no, I, I get it. We're entrepreneurs. I'm, I'm with you. Right? It's like, so anyways, so I think uh, it's our customers, though, who just, they don't want to be in the enterprise either. That's not yeah. what they're doing, right? Like, it, it, anyways, so I, I think there's been a, a constant narrative and discussion around the business about what business we're all in. And the, the business we're all in is entrepreneurs. That's the business. Mm -hmm. And entrepreneurs come in all shapes and sizes. Some of them work inside giant corporations um, and they're spinning up new things. Some of them are starting businesses. Some of them are bringing businesses back from the dead. Some of them are transforming existing business. I like, it's just the term entrepreneur means so many things. And so our desire as a company is to give people the opportunity to start or continue something and never leave, right? Why can't you yeah. just find a home and stay there? Why do you have to keep moving? Um, and that's hard because like the breadth of the difference between someone who's got one product and is selling one order a day and someone who's got 2 million products and is selling 50,000 orders a day is a magnitude of, of complexity differences. But this is what technology is for, solve, co solve complex problems. Got it, so one quick question before we finish. Who was the first Plus customer? Okay, so now, now this is a really hard question to answer because it depends on when you consider Plus to have started, right? So there was this like beta moment where we theoretically had something that was Plus, but it wasn't labeled yet and it didn't exist in the outside world and so you had customers using it. Um, when you launch it, when it was like, I could go to Shopify and see Plus. Yeah. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it's, I'm going to, so I think that the moment we're all like, oh, interesting. Um, everyone remember Coney 2012? Right? Yeah. That was kind of like the first like, oh, shit. Right? Like this is gonna like this is a weird thing that does is like abnormal and like maybe we should build something around this. So there's like there uh you know, it started to spin up and then, then you had um uh Dodo Case was probably the first one. Got the it. first real brand was probably Dodo Case. Okay, thank you very much. No, thank uh, you. Thank you Thanks, for guys. coming and thank you everyone. Thank you, man. Ah, thank Great. You. Ah,